Good morning, Hope City Church. Oh my goodness, my name is Andrea Isaacs. I'm so excited that we get to be together today. My husband Jason uh, and I are the pastors of Hope City Church right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, But we know that wherever you are tuning in from, wherever you are at right now, you are a part, listen to me, you are a part of Hope City Church family. We absolutely believe that. So whether you are in your living room right now tuning in, whether you're in your car, maybe listening even to this message on the podcast later on, however you are tuning in, you're a part of us and we're a part of you. And I think that's a really big deal. Listen, I have been praying all week long for each of you. I mean that. However um, that ends up looking in your life, I want you to know that I am praying that you experience God's presence today. I'm praying that we don't just listen to God's word, but we lean in, that we aren't just hearers, but we are doers of God's word. I'm so excited about the season that we are in. Even if we're not gathering and meeting face-to-face right now, we are still connected. We believe that at Hope City Church, man, being a part of a church family is better than trying to do this thing called life alone. Do y'all believe that today? I think that is so true. We want to be a part of the big C church, not just the little C, but the big big C, the the church that is the bride of Christ. I know that there may be um, some questions for each of us during this crazy season. There may be times when we have questioned what's it gonna look like when we are on the other side, but I'm here to remind each one of us today that the church of Jesus has prevailed through dark days, that the church of Jesus has pressed forward through all kinds of circumstances and prevailed. And I think we just need to be reminded of that today. I want you to know that even as we have maybe not been gathering in person, that there is still a way that you can be connected to your church family. And I wanna talk about a couple of those ways before we jump into our message today. Um, The first way that you can stay connected, be connected to your church family is through our care team. We have an amazing group of people who truly feel like it is their gifting to love on people. I want that gift. That's a good gift to have, to just care and meet the needs of people. And so we want you to know how that can be something, a ministry that you are a part of, that you benefit from. If you are maybe going through something in your life, maybe it's a financial struggle or a, a physical, maybe there, there's something going on with you physically, uh, maybe you've had surgery or given birth to a baby or you're walking through um, <clears throat> something physically or emotionally, this care team wants to help love on you. There's a lot of different ways that they do that. I won't go into all of that, but I do want you to know um, the easiest way for us to partner with you and, and love on you. If you have a cell phone, uh, I would love for you to even go ahead and maybe take that out. Um, pull up the Hope City Church app. We talk about this a lot around here, but sometimes it gets lost in all the hectic chaos. So I'm going to help you out right now. Pull up that Hope City Church app. And right there on that first page, if you scroll through, there is a button called Pastoral Care. And if you click that button, that is the quickest, easiest way to kind of reach out and let us know that we can love on you. You're going to answer just a few questions of details. And listen, here's the promise I make you, okay? Someone from our pastoral care team is going to personally reach back out to you and help you out, okay? So that's one way, pastoral care. 
Pastoral care, that's so important, especially in this season and this time that we are in currently. You are not alone. I can't say that enough. You are not alone. We want to love on you. The second way that you can be connected to your church family is through, here it is, growth groups. Yes, come on, who loves a growth group? I love my growth group. Just this week, I sent out a video message to so many of my girls just saying, hey, here's my face. I haven't forgotten about you. I love you. How you doing? Growth groups are the lifeblood of Hope City Church. Man, it really is the place where we do exactly that. We grow in our relationship with God. We grow in our relationships with our friends. And our next semester, I'm just tickled. Can y'all tell? I'm just ecstatic. January 4th, um, our growth groups are kicking off. You get to start the new year. I'm ready for a new year. Okay, growth groups are kicking off January 4th. If you still have that phone app pulled out, there is a tab down at the bottom that says get involved. That's a good tab. Some of y'all need to know that tab, get involved, the get involved tab. Click the Get Involved tab, and you're going to find kind of a rectangular picture, uh, an image that says growth groups. Tap on that growth group button, and it's going to give you some details and show you all the different growth groups that we have available. Sign-ups are going on right now. We want you to know that. We want you to plug in. We want you to find your people. All right, we want you to find your people. We have all kinds of groups. We have uh, guy groups and girl groups. We also have groups that meet in person, groups that meet um, socially distanced, and then there are a couple that are a hybrid. So there is a place for you. The last third thing that I want you to know about, the church continues to be the church even when it might look a little different um, in the way that we love our community. Okay, that's so important. That's one of the best ways that we can truly be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we do this through kind of the big umbrella of hope for the city, hope for the city. And so December 19th, we are going to be giving, I'm so proud of this, y'all. I, 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 listen, I, I don't always get the chance to, to brag on Hope City Church, but when I can, I do. Listen, we are giving away 200 food boxes. That's good. That's good stuff, y'all. That's good. 200 boxes. Uh, for families so that they have uh, meals um, through the holidays and, and through this season, this stretch. Um, and so we are doing that because of your generosity, because of your heart to love on people, um, to bless this community. That is happening December 19th. So if you are ever thinking or wondering, man, I wonder what's going on with Hope City Church. I, it's been a minute. Things are going on. Things are happening. People are being cared for. And I think that's so good. I think that's a good thing to celebrate. Well, it is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt the Christmas season, and I get so excited um, about this time of year, and man, I, I just um, have, have high hopes uh, for, for what God is doing and is going to do during this season. In the last couple of years at Hope City Church, um, we have been intentional to talk about Advent around here. Advent was not a tradition that I grew up with um, as a kid, but um, it is something that I have really uh, discovered so much beauty in and, and something that I want my kids to experience. And um, Advent is just a part of the liturgical calendar. That's a fancy way of saying the church 
calendar. Um, so if you grew up in maybe a more traditional experience, uh, Catholic or Presbyterian, you, you are probably a little bit more familiar with Advent. But all you need to know, okay, all you need to know is that it just means anticipation. It is the excitement and the expectation that someone important is coming. And for us, let me go ahead and spoil it for you. We know that that's someone. It's Jesus, amen? So Advent is that stretch, that calendar year, that part from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And there's two reasons that I love talking about Advent, or maybe at least my two favorite reasons. Um, number one, because instead of cramming Christmas uh, just into one or two days on maybe the 24th or the 25th, Advent allows us to kind of breathe and, and pause and, and reflect on what it really means um, to be excited and looking forward um, to Jesus. It allows us to kind of slow down and, and break down the story of Jesus a little bit more and, and see the surrounding circumstances of just how much of a miracle it was uh, when he showed up. The other reason that I love Advent is because um, sometimes, you know, we need a little bit of a plan that kind of anchors us. Um, to some truths and some tenets of our Christian faith. And here's what I mean by that. Um, I have with me today um, maybe something that you have seen before, but if you haven't, that's okay. This is an Advent wreath. And uh, you may have noticed that because of the colors or maybe the greenery around it. There's a lot of history behind the Advent wreath. But here's what I want us to know today. Advent chooses four words to kind of, uh, like I said, anchor us um, in our faith. And those four words are hope, peace, joy, and love. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And man, I think uh, that is such a great place for, for us to start. Just man, what, what is that, that pillar, that tenet of our faith of hope, of peace, of joy, of love? Today we're going to focus in on hope which is a good one for us around here. Such a priority that we decided to name our church Hope City Church. My daughter's middle name, Sadie Hope. Um, and man, I cannot think of a more encouraging message for us to hear today than the message of hope, okay? What do we do? Today we're gonna talk about what do we do when we feel like there is no hope? What do we do when we find ourselves in darker times than maybe we could have ever possibly imagined. Because if we're being honest, what we typically do is we try to take matters into our own hands. Maybe we phone a friend. We start looking for simple solutions, easy, quick fixes, so that we don't have to deal with the heaviness of darkness anymore. When we start losing hope, we start creating bad solutions. But the truth that we're gonna see today, our big idea for today is that when I try to fix my problems, I create more problems. Anybody? Anybody today? When I try to fix my problems, I create more problems. I think it is without hyperbole or exaggeration that we could all agree that this year, 2020, has maybe been one of the darker years that we have ever experienced collectively as a society, as a group of people. 2020 has asked us to change so much about our day-to-day -day lives. It has asked us to reevaluate how we go to work, how we educate 
our kids, how we go to the grocery store, how we even interact physically with one another. Do I hug you? Do I not hug you? Is it Matt? Do we? So many heavy things. And I think um, even the idea of COVID fatigue is now becoming a phrase that's in our regular vocabulary. Unprecedented. Social distancing. These kinds of things have become almost normal for us. So I think it is a fair comparison to say without any stretch at all that 2020 has been dark. Now we're gonna spend some time in a book of the Bible um, that actually talks quite a bit about darkness, uh, but it also talks a good deal about light and that book is Isaiah. Okay, so if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles uh, or maybe pull it out on your U version on your phone, Isaiah is in the Old Testament, and interestingly enough, it is actually the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament book. Y'all tracking with that? Okay, so so much of Isaiah ends up being quoted by Jesus, by Paul, by other New Testament speakers, and interestingly enough, Isaiah has a lot to do with the Christmas story. So we're going to take a look um, at Isaiah and kind of spend our time there today. But there's a couple of very important reasons. Number one, because I think it has applicable instructions for where we are at in our lives right now. As I am talking through Isaiah, as we are looking at some of this language, I, I don't think it will be a stretch for us to see or say, wow, that sounds like right now. That doesn't sound like thousands and thousands of years ago, man. There's something about that that feels very familiar for right now. So I want us to look at it because I think it has some applicable instructions for where we are currently. But I also think it's important for us to talk about and look at Isaiah because it sets a context for what a world without Jesus looks like. And for us to really, truly appreciate the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus, we have to understand What is a world without Jesus? What does that look like? What does that feel like? We have to pause and see how much of a need we really do have for Jesus. So I want you to go with me to Isaiah 50. We're going to be looking at two verses. Isaiah 50, verse 10 and 11. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light... Trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires and the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment." Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord. So the first thing I want you to know about this is that this has actually been kind of a life verse for me. This has actually um, been a passage that I um, read when I was much younger. It was before I was even married to Jason. And I was at a crossroads in my life where if I had gone right, my life would have looked totally different. If I had gone left my life would have totally looked different. And to be honest, in that place, I felt like it was very dark. I did not know 
what the next step should be. I did not know uh, for any kind of certain way what God was leading me to, and it felt very alone. It felt very alone. And there was something in that season of my life that gripped me to help me kind of understand what to do in those seasons and moments in our lives. And it has kind of been even a verse that Jason and I say to each other um, to kind of realign what we need to be doing. And so it is without fail that I can say this has been a life verse for me that has been full of conviction. And in this year, in this stretch of kind of darkness or heaviness, my mind was recalled back to it. And so I want to break it down for you and take a look at the start of this where it says, who among you fears the Lord? Here's a great Bible study tip for you. Whenever you are examining scripture, take a look at who it was written to first. Who's speaking and who's the audience? There's a lot of information that we can gain just by assessing who it's talking to, okay? So a exam- simple example of this might be God told Noah to build an ark, but he didn't say, Joy, go build an ark, right? So we have to understand audience. We have to understand um, who was speaking and, and to whom they were speaking, But maybe a story like Noah, metaphorically, we can say we need to listen to what God tells us to do, right? So this is an example where I think audience really, really matters. Our audience, uh, the the, the who is being spoken to, it says, who among you fears the Lord? Here's what that means to me. He's talking about people who fear the Lord. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people who know who the Lord is. He's not talking about humanity or, or people as a whole people who are lost um, and, and don't know the Lord. He's saying, those of you who do fear the Lord, those of you who do follow him. So guess what? If you're a believer today, this is for you. This is for me. This is for those of us who do know the Lord, who do believe in the Lord. The next part, it says, let the one who walks in the dark. Now, if we're talking to an audience of believers and the very next phrase says, those of you who are walking in the dark, here's what that lets me know. There are times that as a believer, I'm going to walk in the dark. Man, wow. I think sometimes in faulty theology, in an effort to make ourselves maybe feel good, we might believe a, a, a false a false theology that says, if I'm a follower of Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to me. If I know the Lord, I won't ever have to go through hard times. I won't ever have to be in the dark. But that's not what this is saying. This is saying, let the one who walks in the dark, look, who has no light. There are times we walk in the dark, but you know the nightlight's on, right? This says, those who walk in the dark who has no light. You ever been in such pitch black that you can't see your hand in front of your face? Like, you start getting a little disoriented. You're like, is this, do I go up or down? Do I go forward or backward? Do I go, right? Maybe, just maybe some of us are living in that kind of darkness right now. I know for me, I can't speak for all of you, but to me, COVID-19 has felt like a kind of darkness. It has felt very fearful. It has felt very unknown. It has felt at times like there was no ray of light. I I don't know about you, but for some of us today, we're in a kind of darkness because we quite frankly don't know if our marriage is going to make it. 
Some of us are living in a darkness because we are utterly paralyzed by fear. And unfortunately, 2020 has only amped that up for some of us. Just a constant fear. Just a constant heavy darkness. I want to share a little bit of my story with some of you. The last two weeks for me have been super dark. I got a phone call about two weeks ago at 6 a.m. that one of my students from last year had been shot and killed. I spent this past Friday at her funeral, 17 years old, 17 years old. What do we do when it feels like hope is nowhere to be found? What do we do when our spouse walks out? What do we do when our best friend betrays us? What do we do when we have a chronic illness, uh, migraines or uh, an autoimmune disorder or an ongoing problem that is never, it feels like it just won't let up. It's darkness. Feels like there's no ray of light. Listen to me, there's three things that I think that we can know about the darkness. You ready for it? Number one, darkness makes my other senses stronger. When I get up in the middle of the night, um, you know, because I have four kids, because y'all know I'm getting up in the middle of the night all the time, right? Darkness in the middle of the night when it's pitch black and you really can't see anything, I'm like feeling around. Y'all do this, right? Not just me, right? Like I'm feeling around to make sure that I'm not tripping over things in the floor. And when my kids were really, really little, y'all with babies will know this, I would get up and I'm listening for their cry. And I'm going, do I go? Do I not go? Do I go? Do I? Oh, did they fall back asleep? Yeah. Okay, good. They fell back asleep. I'm, le- I'm leaned in to listening. I'm feeling around. I'm having to rely on my other senses because I'm missing this one. This is a true story. This happened this week. I was actually spending the night with a friend. Um, I had taken me and the girls over to her house and she's got this basement. Y'all know sleeping in a basement is like the best because it's pitch black and that's a good thing. Okay, so um, I set my alarm and I'm getting up, but Sadie was in the bed with me, so I didn't want to turn the lights on because I'm going to wake her up. And I, this is a true story, true story. I went like this. And I, I let the coffee lead me to the top of the stairs. I was like, just, oh, there it is. You know, it's so early in the morning and I'm trying to get myself out of bed and it was cold and dark and, oh, my sense of smell will just lead me to where I need to go. I have learned that in the darkness, my other senses get stronger. So for some of us to learn how to lean into our other senses when it feels dark, I think that's incredibly powerful. I think that's a step towards doing what this scripture says when it tells us to trust in God and rely on him. What does that look like? I have to learn how to lean into listening to the voice of God when I cannot see him. I have to learn how to hear and distinguish his voice. I have to feel his presence more when I can't see him, when it feels dark, when it feels like there isn't a ray of hope. I have to lean in to those other senses. Listen to me. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to encourage some of you today that if it is feeling like a certain kind of darkness, maybe that's a perfect time and opportunity for us to cultivate how we hear God. 
Number two, darkness feels scarier than it actually is. We know this to be true. If you've ever tucked a kid into bed at night and you read them a story and you say prayers and everything's all good and fine and you flip that switch down and walk out the door and what happens? Mommy, it's too dark in here. I'm scared. We go in the room. Baby, what's the matter? We were just in here. I promised there were no monsters. We checked under the bed. Remember this whole routine? Like, but it's scary. We've seen the movies where there's a scary figure over in the corner and you flip the light on and it's a coat rack with a jacket on it. You know, looked like a monster. The, the, the sound that's coming against the window and we find out it's the branches of a tree. For some of us today, I'm not diminishing Hear me, I'm not diminishing the hard thing that you're going through, the dark thing that you're going through, but maybe, just maybe, for some of us, the darkness is not actually as scary as we have allowed ourselves to believe that it is. Listen to me. You know who was there in the darkness at the beginning and he wasn't afraid? God. God. Look at what Genesis has to say to us. Genesis 1, at the very, very beginning, the earth was formless and empty, and what covered the earth? Covered the waters. What is it right here? Darkness. God's not afraid of the dark. Come on, God's not afraid of the dark. He was right there in the darkness that covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be be light. Let there be light. For some of us today, God with one word can speak light into whatever, into your marriage, into your finances, into your health. Not always, but sometimes God can instantly with a word change everything about our circumstance. He can, he can literally speak to the darkness. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness. That's powerful. That's powerful. God has dominion over the darkness. The third thing I know is that things are always the darkest before what? The dawn. Some of us need to be reminded today that you are so close to things turning around. You are so close. You are so close to morning, to sunrise, to a change that will will make a total difference. I'm here to encourage all of us today. Look at this, Isaiah 9 verse one says, nevertheless, oh man, that's so good right there. Nevertheless, I'm worried and afraid and I don't know what's gonna happen. It says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not Go on forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the reminder. Just that can be enough to get me to tomorrow. It won't go on forever. It won't go on forever. How many times have we felt so trapped in our lives, so fearful, so paranoid? God, where are you? It feels like you are a million miles away and I'm stuck in this darkness alone. What do we do? 
what do we do? We start to build our own fires. That's what this verse is talking about. In our panic, in our need to fix it, in our need to alleviate the pressure, the heaviness, the scariness, we start thinking, if I'll just get my hands on this, I'll find a solution. I'm, I'm gonna fix this. Let me add it. And what we are doing is building our own fire. That's what this verse is talking about. It is a metaphor. It is definitely a metaphor. But to me, building a fire is, is me trying to fix it. It's me trying to have the solution. It's me trying to have the answers. Listen, don't make decisions that are driven by darkness. Your, your mom may have said it to you like this. My mom always said it to me like this. Don't make a permanent decision based on temporary circumstances. Man, we need to hear that. Man, we need to remember that. You and I both know that we've messed this up sometimes. You and I both know, I could tell you right now all the times that I tried to fix it myself. There are examples all through the Bible of people who do this. God says, trust me, and they say, I think I've got it. Abraham gets outside of it, goes and has a baby with his maidservant instead of waiting on God. I know how God's gonna do this. I'm gonna go, right. We start trying to figure out, I'm gonna get the pieces in place. It's good, God, it's good. No, no, you're gonna bless it. It's okay, I know. I, no, yeah, 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 I got it, God. And we're moving the pieces and we're lighting fires and we're trying to create solutions. This verse is encouraging us and reminding us today. It's right there. We don't have to guess what the answer is. It's right there. It says, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. Listen, he will let you have your way. He'll let you have it. He'll let you marry that person. He'll let you quit your job. He'll let you do it your way. That's what this is saying. But watch out. You who live in your own light and warm yourselves by your own fires, this is the reward you will receive from me. But listen, it leads to torment. It leads to our lives actually not getting easier, but getting harder. When I try to fix my problems, I make more problems. When I try to fix my problems, I end up creating more problems. I have to trust in God. Here's what that looks like for me in my life when I'm struggling, when I feel like I can't find hope and I need God to light that flame of hope in me. Not me, not Andrea, not my, not my mom fixing it for me. Not my boss fixing it for me, not me fixing it for me, but God giving me the light that I need. God showing up. Here's how I do that. Here's how I cultivate that trust. How can I trust God instead of building my own fire? First of all, I have to admit that his ways are higher than my ways. One of the reasons that we struggle to trust is because we really do think we've, we, we, we know better. Yep, 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 I know. I know what needs to happen here. I know, I know when God needs to move. No, we have to admit. Listen, I would encourage you to say it out loud. 
God, I'm struggling to trust you, but you know what? I know your ways are higher than my ways. I promise it will do something to lift your faith, to lift your trust, to give you hope. The second thing is we can pray for supernatural trust. God, I'm struggling to trust you right here. God, can you help me trust you? We see this in the New Testament when the gentleman approaches Jesus and he's like, oh, I want to believe. God, help me with my unbelief. You can pray that. You can pray, God, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. And the third way that we can trust God instead of building our own fires is to remember. Listen to me. We are called, I believe we are called as believers to remember. Remember every single time that God showed up. You want to build your faith? You want to build your trust? You want to get invigorated with some hope? You go, you know what? I was so worried last time. I was so worried about that situation that I didn't ever think could get fixed. About that, that turnaround that I needed so desperately. I was so worried God showed up. God showed up. He brought that person into my life instead of that person. He ended this situation, but opened the door for this. It wasn't my timing. And man, at the time, it was really hard. But man, looking back, every time, every time, every time. But listen to me. As we close today, I have the best news ever for you. When Isaiah was talking in the Old Testament, he was speaking to a nation who who had gotten it very wrong. They They were in total darkness. And so much of Isaiah talks about a light that is coming, about a light that's going to show up and change everything, a light in the darkness. And here's the spoiler alert for you today. Jesus is here. Jesus has shown up. Jesus is the light of the world. And whatever kind of darkness we may walk through, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to walk through some darkness You can't make it on this earth from cradle to grave and not have some dark days, some dark weeks, some dark seasons. Listen to me, some dark years. But you don't have to do it alone. You have a light in Jesus. We're gonna end with this. John 1, verses four through five. Oh God, let this get you today. Let this just get into your heart. Let this be an encouragement to you. The words gave life to everything that was created and his life, talking about Jesus, brought light to everyone. The light, talking about Jesus, shines in the darkness and the what? Darkness. Can never extinguish it. Can never extinguish it. We're gonna pick right back up here next week, but I wanted you to have some anticipation, just a taste today about Jesus being the light of the world. And it means that we don't ever have to face the darkness alone. We don't ever have to conjure or create another fire ourselves ever again. Jesus shines in the darkness. Listen to me, Jesus makes the darkness tremble. Jesus, a light that can never be extinguished. I want you to bow your heads and 
Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, so much that we don't have to go through life in darkness alone. God, we recognize that we live in a broken world and that we are never going to feel fulfilled or safe or or like we have it all together here on this side of heaven. But God, that just makes us hungry for heaven. It makes us hungry for you. But God, I pray that every day that we walk this earth, God, that we do it holding on to the hope of Jesus Christ, knowing that even in our darkest moments, God, you have sent a light. God, if we're in a prison cell, if we're filing bankruptcy, if we've overdosed, if our kids say they're never gonna speak to us again, God, on our worst day, we don't have to face it alone. On our darkest day, you are with us. God, I speak that into each person right now, God, that their hearts would be lifted, that their minds would be encouraged, that their souls would recognize your presence and hold on to that as a promise every single day of their lives. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.